It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yo, what's up? This is comedian Ronnie Ray telling you to go out and get my comedy album, Comedy Before Flesh. That's right, Comedy Before Flesh. Go buy it on Amazon for $8.99 right now. $8.99 right now. Or listen to it on all the music servers like Apple Music, Spotify, and Tidal. Hold on, Jay-Z. What up, boy? Thanks for having me on there. Hey, go get it. It's hilarious. Jokes like Obama or Will Smith and talking about losing my virginity. It's hilarious. You're going to laugh your ass off. I guarantee you're peeing yourself. The Whip Theater is located in the heart of Chicago's Edison Park neighborhood and aspires to be a one-stop shop for the locals. The Whip started on a shoestring budget and hopes to grow into a local theater the neighborhood can take pride in. Hence the name, Work in Progress Theater. Come see stand-up, improv, kids shows, plays, and much, much more as the Whip Theater promises over-the-top customer service and laugh-till-it-hurts entertainment. For tickets and information, visit thewhiptheater.com and use promo code JKOFF to receive $5 off ticket prices. The Whip Theater, your neighborhood theater. Comedian, the Craig Smith, on Q&A with Ronnie Ray, you scumbag bitches. Hey, what up? Welcome to the best of season one of Q&A with Ronnie Ray. This is part two. We doing it again. Part two. We had to do it so good. We had to do two damn parts for this. All right. We kicking it off. My girl. I love this lady. Man, she put me on stage out in L.A. all the time, man. She's phenomenal. She's crazy. She's funny. From Jersey, my girl, Jody Miller. Oh. Have you ever like had a bad night? Because your your show is like straightforward. You go through the material. It's not like you crowd work it and play it off. You go straight through. Has it not worked before? Um. Yeah. I mean, everybody's had bad shows or shows that aren't as good as as I think when you've been doing it a long time. You know, it's like you, sometimes you have shows that just aren't as as great as others. Um, I've definitely, you know, in my career, died a horrible death on stage. Absolutely. Who hasn't? Oh, yep. <laughs> Give me that I story. People, I want that story right uh, now. <laughs> Give no, it you, want, you want that story? You want the first time I died a horrible death on yeah, stage? The, the, worst the worst time. time. The worst time, yes. Not the first Was time. Was that a yes? Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not uh, the no, first time. No, the worst time. Well, the first time was the worst time. It's been all uphill from there. Too, because I feel like... When I started doing comedy, the first eight months, I thought I was, like, killing it. I wasn't killing it. I was doing fine. I wasn't mm. getting up a lot. I was, you know, young, really young. I was 24, mm. and I was doing it, like, maybe once a week. I was driving in from New Jersey into the city and, you know, bringing all your friends. And I thought I was doing – I mean, I had great shows, but they were just whatever. So I always tell my students, I'm like, I pray that you guys have a really bad show somewhere earlier than I did because <laughs> I thought at that point – I thought at that point, like, oh, my God, my shit doesn't stink. I'm amazing. Like, I just thought I was killing it all the time. And then, um, I don't, do you know Cinda uh, Kronquist? She's out here now. Oh, uh, no. She runs a show at, at the Laugh Factory. Well, she, 
she was in New York at the time and she was doing the Femme Fatales at Stand Up New York. Mm-hmm. And I had done a lot of shows for her, so she asked me to do this one show. I'd been doing comedy about eight months, thinking I was amazing. And I get to the show, I get to the club, and it it was the whole, in the entire lineup, everyone was, it was either African American or like Puerto Rican. I was the only white girl. And when I say I was Jersey white, I was like, my hair was blonde on top, black underneath. I think I had shoulder pads in my hair. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely, because it was a fence of towels, but it was all girls, and it was like, oh my God. What, like, I didn't know how to handle it because I was like, okay, so all their material was totally different than material that I was doing. Right. And, and they put me up, you know, check spot, second to last. Mm. I went up there. It was just me and my other white friend who was like a flashlight in the back of the room sitting there. She was like, I could <laughs> see her. And I, I get on stage and it was like, I, I felt like I was getting filleted. Like these, the looks I was getting from these girls, I don't know why it was so horrible. Mm-hmm. I didn't get one laugh. I don't think I got one laugh. It was just, I'm like, so everyone, what's up with cordless phones? Um, I need a new one. I mean, it was rough. I felt myself. I felt my soul leaving my body. I just was like, what's happening? You know what I mean? And uh, it just, I, I don't even, I don't even know how I got through it, but I did. I stuck it out. I got off stage and I stopped doing comedy for maybe for six, about six months afterwards. Yeah. Because I was wow. so shooken yeah. up. I couldn't believe it. Like it just, it made me question everything. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that again. That was the worst experience ever. And then I got into improv and improv actually brought me back into standup because we were running late and we needed someone to do like five minutes up front to just like get the audience, whatever. And someone's like, who does standup? I was like, well, I used to do it. They're like, just do it. Something changed. I think I was like, you know what? I need to talk about material that everybody gets. I need to just be, I need to be personal. I need to talk. I need to be real. I just need to talk. And that's eventually how I started getting into like, you know, more material that everybody can relate to or like personal stories that people are like, oh, right. I've been, something shifted in me, definitely shifted from that horrible night into that. That was definitely the worst night where, I mean, I stopped doing comedy for six months. Wow, um, I've yeah. had other nights where I was like, well, these people hate me. Mm. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, but you learn, you absolutely learn from those nights. You, I think you learn way more from the shows that don't go that well than the shows. If you just keep, like, I thought I was still great. I wasn't improving for eight months. I was just doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And I wasn't, you know what I mean? So that, that was a very important, pivotal, sh- like, show in my, in my career. And I'm glad it happened, you know, early on and not, which happened a little earlier than eight months, but I'm right. glad it didn't happen, like, two years in. Uh, what's the most embarrassing moment you ever had? Like, personally or on stage or whatever? You just told me the bomb story, so... Mm-hmm. Not, not, so much, um, not so much on stage, personally. I can tell you the most embarrassing moment I had. I was in high school, and um, uh, the guy that I lost my virginity to, we sort of ended it, and he started dating another girl, and I went to the movies, and the, and the Lost Boys were replaced. So the whole time was there was packed. A lot, of my, a lot of my friends from high school. Yeah. Okay. A lot of my friends from high school were there. And he was sitting with his new girlfriend, like, right up by the aisle. And I was so angry that they were there. So my friend was like, we'll just sit in the front row and, like, flirt with these guys. So we went down there. And in the middle of the movie, she was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Come to the bathroom with me. And I was like, I'm not going to the bathroom because I'm going to walk by them. And they're going to think that I'm walking by them to see them. Mm. And she was like, she's like, no, we'll just run. 
Like, it should have immediately sent up, like, a red flag. Like, yeah, that, what you should do, you should run in a movie theater in front of people. Like, why would you even ever run? So I was like, <laughs> okay. So we start running up the aisle, and I step on the back of her foot. And I didn't just trip. I went flying. <laughs> I mean, when I say flying, I flew in the air and landed directly in front of them. <laughs> I couldn't even believe it. My purse went flying, so I couldn't just get up and run out. I had to collect all the items. Oh, my, my God. <laughs> you had and your purse, too? Thought you'd be holding a seat. Well, it was all over everywhere. When I say every person in that theater was laughing, every person saw me. Everyone. And I went out. My friend was laughing. She was crying so hard. I'm like, I can't go back in there. Like, I'll wait out here for the rest of the movie. Like, you have to go back in there. I was like, I'm not. The guy comes out. He's laughing. He's like, I can't believe you just. Um, it was horrific. Uh, eventually, they convinced me to go back in, and everyone clapped when I walked in. I'm telling you. You, <laughs> you got to bow down. Yeah, <laughs> just take a bow. Sit down. It's okay. They're about to I watch know, the lost boys. I had that, like. I really hadn't had that sort of like, you know, uh, experience. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like experience on stage yet or, or, or just owning stuff like that. Like now if I tripped, I'd be like, yes, I did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't even care. But, that was uh, fantastic. Yeah, they yeah, love it, man. <laughs> okay. It was an amazing, it was an amazing fall. That's what I can say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Episode 12. Was my man. This dude, man, this is probably one of my oldest friends in stand-up comedy. He's one of my favorite people to watch. When I see him on stage, I got to get on stage. From Brooklyn, New York, my man, Douglas Howington. The room is still vibing. I haven't been down there to, to really work out. I need to go peep and see what's really, what's really going on. But uh, it, it still exists, nigga. It's around. Oh, yeah. It's not going. I'm quite sure I'll get a Facebook message on that shit. They're closing it down. What? <laughs> I gotta come yeah. on back. I gotta come back like Mahoney on um <laughs> like Mahoney on Police Academy three or something. <laughs> <laughs> Marty's in trouble? I'm coming. <laughs> that shit was on at three o'clock in the morning the other day. That's where the Police Academy reference came from. Is it? Police Academy three, nigga. Is is Michael Winslow still performing? Hell still yeah. He on he on, he on yeah. triple runs and shit now. He ain't going nowhere. He be on triple runs and shit. We had the famous Michael Winslow. <laughs> I have arrived. <laughs> but hey, I love that dude. But I have to be honest, that nigga, his hip hop beats are the same shit. Like nigga, you need to... <laughs> Michael Winslow, if you're listening, you need to work on your hip hop beats. Goddamn it, it's current. <laughs> He did the soundtrack for Citizen on uh, Part Four, Citizen on Patrol, and shit with the L.A. Dream Team. Oh, shit. L.A. He's Dream Team. So he, <laughs> sorry, he now. got him about six sounds. He could do real good for the last thirty years. Six no, sounds. but making money, oh, he making him money. And he's still working for Police Academy. <laughs> from Police Academy on the Trevor Run is uh, Michael Winslow. Like, <laughs> Ain't yeah. that crazy, yo? Ain't that crazy? That's that's the thing. That's what you need, man, is one big hit like that. You can you ride that hit for 40 damn years. Ain't nobody thinking about Police Academy. But he said, but when they say that shit, they said, I'm coming to the stage. You know him from Police Academy. <laughs> 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 Police Academy 1, oh, 2, no. 3, 4, 5. <laughs> <laughs> All seven police academies in Spaceballs. Like, damn, this <laughs> he got eight movies on this shit. When they say that shit, 
Yo, the audience in Middle America, nigga, in North Dakota, nigga, they are clapping, standing up. We love you. They stand on the chairs with their body sideways, like, yes, it's Michael Winslow. Do you mean the nigga from Police Academy? <laughs> <laughs> I still ain't never even heard the nigga talk either. He talk. He, he talk. talk. He still sound like he making noise. Oh, what you doing? He sound like he, he do the sound so much it sound like he making the sounds when he talk. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this nigga? That nigga. Do you think? Do you think when they introduce that nigga, he start making sounds from behind the curtain? Oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah. he got to warm up. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? That Mario Bros. <laughs> 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 like, who? Who is here? Is that, is that all too deep? Too behind that? <laughs> Are you why? <laughs> no. Is that no. behind that curtain? I am not making that trip. I am. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to see him in there when I open for him. Because <laughs> he had to be the headliner. If I'm in if I'm in Utah, they gonna know him before they know me. So it's like shit. No, I'm not following. Of course that. he the headliner. Yeah, of course he the headliner. Man, you know what? <laughs> he don't have nobody. Ain't no ain't, ain't nobody following Michael Winslow Hell. on the road. You hear me? Check it. From a comic to a comic, from a parent to a parent. I got I got three year old and I got a one year old. And the struggle, yeah, yeah. the struggle is hard. Struggle is real, and that yeah. balance, that balance never happens. So for yeah. everyone, so for people out there listening right now, because uh, you know when we talk to comics, they they have to sacrifice a lot, like relationships with everybody. Yeah. So uh, from your uh, and you already talked about some of it, but I want you to dig deep, nigga. How um, <laughs> how hard is it to balance being a parent and being a comic and just like doing shit? Oh man, how hard is it balancing being a parent and being a comic? I, I, oh man, that's a, that's such a good question, but it's so loaded. I hate to be a complainer, man. You know what I'm saying? I hate to sound like you know this shit is difficult. I'm like you know, just like I just said, you know, you 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 dug the. I ain't gonna say dug a hole because I love my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And she's and she's incredible, and and you know, kids are great and they're great and 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 they're sweet and all that kind of shit. But I created this world. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. just because like. Before my daughter was born, I love stand-up, nigga. I love it. It was just a, just a passion. And it didn't matter that, you know, I wasn't, you know, making millions of dollars at it. And it didn't matter that mom and dad were saying, nigga, become a truck driver, please. Right. Yeah. Uh, it didn't matter that my friends, you know, had turned it, or, or some folks turned it back or family turned it back. And I still had this desire in me to do this thing, like, 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 it's it's real. It's like it's not something that you can just like when it's real. Like I don't give a fuck what it is. I'm not just talking about comedy. It could, it could be you know you want to you're a painter or you are an architect or you like to dig ditches. Really, uh, uh, more than a sane nigga would like to dig a ditch. And if you love, <laughs> <laughs> if you love to dig ditches like that, you know you know let that be your thing. Like Steve Harvey talks about, he had a homeboy that got a, a, a detailing shop. And he just liked to wash cars and whatever, and that was his, just his thing. And before you know it, this dude was make, made like $8 million last year washing cars. He had another homeboy whose passion was cutting grass, and he mm-hmm. was, him and his boys used to always be like, come on out with us, man. You know, come on out to the club, man. There's going to be so many holes at the club. He was like, nah, man, I got to cut this Johnson grass in the morning, man. I can't, 
you know, go out to the club with y'all. So, so, and they used to always tease him, like, oh, this nigga always want to cut grass, he only want to fuck with us, he want to, want to, ever want to go to the club, or, you know, ever want to be on them hoes, and so, so, and before you know it, like, a couple of years down the line, Steve Harvey looked back, and old boy got a, a, a landscaping business in Chicago worth, like, $30 million, something shit like that, because his passion was cutting grass, because the nigga cut grass better than anybody else cut grass in in, in the neighborhood, you know, that was his passion. So my passion is stand-up. And, and even though having my daughter has had me to slow down and not be able to get on as many stages as I would have wanted to for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Because I miss it. I think about it every day, yo. I think about it every day. So she's, you know, yes, she is a reality, but my stand-up is still a reality, and that passion is still there. And I still get up, and I still, you know, have audiences, you know, doing what they do right. or feeling what they can, you know, you know, digging what I, digging what they, what they, like, okay, laughing at what the fuck they laugh at and not laughing at what they don't fucking laugh at. Right. I still get that even though I have my child. So I think that even if you have children, whatever, like I said, we, we are the reason why we are in this place, you know, and, and, and that we exist in time. But you still got to grind, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would, I would, I would, I would hate my daughter if I decided to, like, stop doing comedy and only focus on things yeah. that, you know, made her a better person because I would be killing everything that's inside of me. Yes. Like, you know, same thing with my wife. Like, if I said, okay, I'm going to become a truck driver and I ain't going, you know, pursue this, you know, comedy no more because I done fucked around and got 21 years old. I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> No. But I done fucked around and hit that 21, and so now I gotta, you know, put a suit on, you know, and a tie, and go into some man's, some dude's work place every day, and 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 and, and for for and not eight your days nine off and shit, and, yeah, and, and yeah, and work for a year and have like two weeks off for the year and all this kind of bullshit, and look at my friends on TV, niggas work like four or five months. And be all for nine, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Vacation. And you just hit the hour yeah, mark right the there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we gonna keep doing. Doing, giving, you know, we know these niggas around giving speeches, nigga, for half a million. Niggas be giving half a million. And I'm just going to be, you know, working this nine to five with my kids and with my. Yeah. I mm -hmm. just can't have that be a reality. I'm sorry, okay? man. That, the whole thing about I that shit. I can't have that. Episode 13 is my homeboy. This is one of my most truthful friends ever. I love this dude, man. He does his thing. He's a director. He's killing it. Just had his movie on TV one from Chicago. My man, Mr. Carl Seaton. Um, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna call a long time, man. You remember how we met, bro? Uh, yes, I do. I remember. We we met at a, a Nation of Improv show. Oh, yes, I have a story about that too. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. We met at the at a Nation of Improv show. And you were introduced, we were introduced, because we are, you know, you and Kenny from the same neighborhood and everything like that. First right. of all, let me say this, man. I'm from Chicago. I'm really am from Chicago, not a suburb. No, it's like town. It's 100% shot town. I grew up and all that good stuff, West Pullman area. So uh, shout out to everybody from the from Chi, uh, chilling and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, we met at the Nation of Improv show, and uh, you, uh, you, Dave Carter, Cordell, and I forgot the other guys. Gary that, Anthony Williams. Gary Anthony Williams from um, the unsung guy, um, Uncle Ruckus. He was with our group. Yes, 
Uncle Ruckus cat. That's right. That's right. Wow. Absolutely. But yeah, I remember that day so well because I had just met you and you literally told me to my face that I was not funny. I was like, damn. <laughs> this motherfucker here. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that, that's not how I said it, bro. That's not how I said it. <laughs> how did you say it? Because that's how I took it. That sounds like you're not funny, nigga. <laughs> you had four other motherfuckers up there. <laughs> like, I hope he just you know, saw me. You know, you still got some training. That's all. I mean, that was years ago, bro. We all had to learn. We all have to, have to master our craft. So, you know, it wasn't even a personal affront to you. It's just, you know. Well, you must have seen something, ain't you? Those that want it, but those that don't want it. Because if you get a knock like that, it either shuts you down or makes you strong. That's right. But, but you're, you're probably the most honest friend I got. Because that one, like, oh, shit. I've been doing this shit six years at the time. I'm like, oh, I ain't shit then. What the fuck? <laughs> Well, it's just a bad night, but that's improv, bro. You need people like that around you. Well, it should happen to us all, because that's how you really, you know, elevate your craft, man, really become a a, a much better performer or whatever you do. You know, when you get the hard lessons and the hard notes, people that that are, you know, invested in in you being the best you, I mean, that's when you get better. Everybody giving these live balls, nice job, you know, great job, keep doing your thing. You know, you don't really learn from that. So, you know. That's how people end up on American Idol. Yeah, no. The funny shit though, um, I started doing um, years later. I started doing um, hosting at Crack 'Em Up Thursday stand up, and you came to one show, and I'm like, oh shit, he's here. <laughs> Deliver the night. What's up? I said I was at the um, the comedy store, Crack 'Em Up Thursday, uh-huh. and um. <laughs> And I saw you in the audience like, oh, shit, he here. Fuck, I got to deliver. This <laughs> motherfucker coach be judging me. I've had to be funny doing this shit. Like, you just need to give it up, nigga. Fuck that. But no, no. You, you've been honest, bro. You've been been there, bro. Appreciate it, man. God damn. Oh, it's all love, brother. It's all love, man. You know, it's all love. We, we trying to build each other up, man. You know, like I said, it wasn't a personal affront or any form of disrespect. It's just to make you better, man. That's yeah, yeah, but I had just met you. I mean, I <laughs> the third meeting happened. Hey, man, well, you know, you want me to keep it 100 with you. You asked. You asked what you think. Like, all right, you asked what I think. People say if I am. Yeah, no, that's good. That's, that's why I, I call you for the truth. <laughs> what, has he progressed? I mean, that's, that's, that's where we at. That's where we at. But that's how we do it. Yeah. What you say, Sean? Has he, have he actually uh, progressed since you've seen him that time all those years ago? Can you hear me? You hear? Hey, fellas, I can't really hear y'all, man. Y'all going in and out, man. It's like dropping every couple seconds. I hear nothing. Okay, yeah, we gonna have to cut that part. Test. Can you hear us now? He right on the mic, though. Yeah, I'm right on it. Say it again. I said, has has Ronnie progressed since you've seen him all those years ago? Oh, oh absolutely. Well, he didn't say this, but years later, I was hanging out with him a lot on, on just on some just really figuring out how comics kind of develop their crafts. So I was hanging out with him. Before various comedy spots just kind of getting the lay of the land of a comic's life and everything so I really definitely got a chance to see him evolve and develop and, and, and really learn how to get comfortable with himself and work in the crowd that's the main thing I saw and that, wow. was, that was about what nine maybe ten years later so uh, so yeah he definitely got better wow. I mean he's still doing it so you know a lot of, when you keep at it and you keep at it correctly putting the right ten thousand dollars in you know that's how you become a, you know you get that level of mastery man so you know he's definitely developed and gotten better I ain't know that's why you was hanging out with me. <laughs> I didn't know that shit. Well, yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to give you that attention. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to taint what the, the mission was. The mission oh, okay. Was to get a real good look at what you all deal with on a regular basis, and not the ones that are headliners, 
not the ones on sitcoms, not the ones on just comedy. Shit. I'm talking about the ones that are grinding day in and day out, going to these open mics, getting bumped down when, a, when like a, a star want to come in and work out. You know, that's why I want to see all that. I want to see the realness that you all go. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. Bombing, coming back from bombing and all that kind of stuff. Okay, I'll say this then. <laughs> because I didn't, I've never asked you. I had um, your boy Kenny Young on the show. You said you heard the podcast uh-huh. already. Um, he didn't want to tell me that he did stand up. You told me you got on stage and did stand up. <laughs> How did that feel? And why are you not doing it anymore? Well, well, first of all, let me say this. I, I dated a comedian once, man. And dating a comedian is already an adventure. And she was extremely hilarious. So I had to step my comedic game up. And I'm good for a joke or two. And I was in an uh, open mic situation with her. Mm-hmm. And she literally just kind of threw me out there. And I was like, okay, I'm either going to do it or not. So I said, I'm going to give one joke. If I laugh, I'm done. If I bomb, I'm done. So either way, I was done. So I, I kept, went out there, threw a little joke at him, got a laugh, sat my ass down, man. I mean, it's definitely a, uh, <laughs> Leave on top. Yeah, it's a different experience. You, you got all these people giving you that undivided attention, like waiting for you to be funny. So you have to kind of craft something. And touch them, and, and you don't really have a lot of time to really do it in as well. So, you know, I, like I said, it made me respect what you all go through on a regular basis. And I was in there with a bunch of comedians too, so you know, comedians always like, "Who this dude? What this dude got?" And everything like that. But I will say this though, at these open mics, I did notice how a lot of you comedic comedians are extremely supportive of each other, helping you all develop your jokes. Like, you know, you should do this and that, this and that. Right. I thought that was really kind of cool. There's a, I picked the kind of fraternal order of comedians. You know, with some of these open mics, so that was kind of. Cool. It depends, oh, no, though. Well, yeah, though. You get a, you get a good room, yeah. You know you'll what? get you'll get that love. I said it depends. If you get a good room, yeah, you'll get that that love like that. Oh, but it's that, the, but you going there as the stranger? Night, I, I, lucked, I lucked up in a good room that night. Dude. Yeah, cause I, I'm here in Chicago, and I walk in like, yeah, and I got a shirt with my logo glittering and shit. Like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> fuck, he from Hollywood. Get this, give it up for this special motherfucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ronnie Ray or whatever. Like, they they be dissing my ass, but then I got to go up and kick their ass. Man, oh, okay, yeah, you were good. You got the show I can get on. Well, you gotta understand, man. Chicago's kind of built on confrontation and animosity. You know what I'm saying? People always try. They they, they gonna come at you and challenge you first before they give you love. Oh if yeah. They ever give you love. You just kind of grow up with that mentality out there. You just get used to it. No, it's a game. I ain't tripping. I just I just noticed that the love, all the love I got from there, then I get back here. I'm like, okay. I'm like, damn, y'all white people. Y'all ain't supposed to. T- <laughs> I thought that was black shit. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> not. I hate you, man. I hate you. Episode fourteen. What can I say about this dude? He's funny. He's funny as hell. He's one of the best out there. It's me, Ronnie Ray. Check it out. <laughs> what was the moment where, or during your career, when you were like, okay, I could do this. Like, I could do this for life. Oh, I'll say this. Okay, it was around that time. Thank you, Sean, going back. Um, we did a, a festival in Austin, Texas. It was hot to the mud down there. Oh, yeah, it was hot. But it was hot both ways. Both <laughs> It was great. It was, it was all these comedy people, you know, Mad TV cast and all that shit. We auditioned for Mad TV there. Okay. And um, we did a show. We were so used to doing shows in small theaters. Like, this shit had like 2,000 people. I mean, like, packed. Mm-hmm. And we go up and we do our little shit. And we had a little thing. To do. We had, like, a, we were playing, like, fake instruments and shit. <laughs> we come up and rap, whatever the fuck. You picking boogers, motherfucker. We had to do shit like that. And we did an improv set and it killed. I got some of my eyes. Sorry, Tony. Cut that. Um, <laughs> thought, um, thought he was crying for a minute. Yeah. Um, so we did that. After the show was over, I'm so used to leaving the theater, like right after the show, just walking outside. 
So I jumped off the stage and walked up this hill, all these fucking stadium seats and shit. And I walked outside. Some lady from the second balcony sees me and runs down to catch me. Mm. And she stopped me like, oh, can I just hug you? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing this for the rest of my life. You ain't got to pay me shit. So well, I host with everybody. Esau McGraw, Spanky Hayes, Wildin' Out. Um, Leslie Jones, who's a Ghostbuster now. Mm-hmm. We, I co-host the show with her. Um, Damon, Damon Williams. That's when the, the Kevin Hart credits and all that stuff. That's how I know them. That's how I, cause I used to, she like put them up. And that's it. That's the only open. I'm not going to allow them the credits. This is real shit. <laughs> they, they come in. You want to go up? Yeah. Mike Epps came one, one night. I'm going to come back next week. And he's like, all right. So we knew he was coming back. And he popped in while I was in the back. While the other comics on stage. And he walked in. He's like, hey, they, like, you ready to go up, Mike? He's like, nah. I'm high. And he left. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that's, the clo- that's the closest I ever performed with them. So don't get me wrong. I ain't on the road with these guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well. Great dudes, though. And Kevin Hart saw me bomb. Three times. So, all three times he saw me perform, I, b- I bombed three times. I couldn't even say, I bombed. Bomb, I bombed all three times he seen me perform. Oh, man. I, I name him. <laughs> After his show got canceled on ABC, he came through, and um, I brought him on, and I tried to do a joke after him. Oh, and man. it was like, nah, it didn't fly. And then, we was at open mic, because his wife did comedy with us, Tori. Okay. And he came in there. And I was on stage, and he took the attention away from me, so my setup was wrong. So I still did the punchline. They were like, fuck you talking about? You know what I mean? Nobody laughed. I got off the stage. And then another time, he came through to see his wife perform, and I asked for five minutes. And he came on. He did him and the Plastic Cup boys in the back, and I bombed again. So, <laughs> so forever, I will be that guy who bombed. But, you know, that's just how that is. Kevin Hart has been your bad luck charm. You know what I'm saying? That's all I can say, man. Every time Kevin walks in the I'm room. A fan, I'm a fan of the dude, bro. Like, every time I see him, I fuck, I fuck up. He's my, yeah. every, every time Kevin walks in the room, he's like, and uh, this shit over here. <laughs> Yo, ass been bombing out. Wow. Man. Well, now tell me. <laughs> tell me, where do you get the majority of your material? Or do you believe there's some material that you have not reached to yet? Um, yeah. I have not reached my level yet. I've not, <laughs> I have not. I don't know where I get it from. It's whenever it hits me. I mean, like my mind thinks crazy, so. So, when, when you, so, because right now, you, you're not married, you don't have kids. Right? No. Okay. Are, are you ready to seek those so you can grab more material from them? Uh, you know, maybe I don't love you, but I need material. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. You know, women women coming home, you know, your wife coming home from work is that co-worker that's ticking her off. You thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, keep talking. I grew up in the keep house talking. with a bunch of women, so I got all that shit in my head. Like, I got, yeah, I've lived with a girl for, for years, so it's like, I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Yeah, but we're not talking about we're that. Not, we ain't talking about this. We're not, I, I did that for years. I'm like, I just, uh, that's cool. Have you ever used that material on stage? I have, that's why Out of My System is there. And whenever that shit comes about, we write it. Like, whenever it hits my head, I do uh-huh. it. Yeah, so all that shit is being written now. It's still being written. It's a lot of shit being written. I, I found a notebook with my jokes in it. Uh-huh. I have 60 bits I've never done. Wow. So, but looking, looking at those jokes now, are those jokes still relevant? Or do you feel like sometimes there's jokes that you could tweak? 
Yeah, you definitely doing. can tweak them, but it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't write like dated shit. That's why I'm like, you need to talk about uh, when uh, <laughs> when Bill Clinton lost. You know, <laughs> I don't do jokes like that. Like the only one I did probably close to the Obama shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had to put it out before that. I want okay. the shit to stand the test of time. As know? a matter of fact, because I was thinking, what is? Cause I, you know, I realized the great comics, they have those long, long stories. Oh yeah! Oh, that's one of my favorite jokes. Those, those, those long stories, like long, long you know, long. you got Richard Pryor, Mudbone. You got oh, uh, Robin, Her- yeah, Robin Her- Robin Harris, Baby, Baby Kids. kids you know, um, Brian uh, Mack and the, the Milk and Cookies. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, have what's the longest joke you ever written? <laughs> the one that's on comedy before Flash. It closes it out. Um, when I lose my virginity, I think that's probably my favorite. <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes. I know. <laughs> that's one of my favorite jokes. Who was that, Tina? Was it Tina? Oh, oh, damn. You made me forget that. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, a... that's it. That's fucked up. I don't even remember the damn joke now. I'm on the spot. I like that one. That's but a part. No, that's one of my favorite. That's my favorite joke. My boy Cordell said that was his favorite. Okay, that's the part that needed to be edited out, too, because everybody don't need to know Tina and all this. No, no, no. It was, it, no I don't use people's real names. Nah. Oh. Well, it's like five different people. You know? <laughs> 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 Old girlfriend about it. Like, don't be saying right now. You won't know if I'm talking about you or not. <laughs> I mix all that shit up. <laughs> so, so every, so wait a minute, so every last, I can't say every joke you use, and you're using somebody's name. You have changed the name. You just, oh, never, yeah. I don't have a. You never really put the person out there. I don't have a uh, Uncle Jake. That is, uh, <laughs> like, Uncle Jake, you crazy. I, I don't have an Uncle Jake. I don't have that. So, like, no, I'm not going to use people's name. I'm not going to put them on the street, like, front street, like that. Do you feel that's a bad thing to do? Yeah. Why is that? Because, I mean, you got... Well, I, I'd rather not have nobody. I, I'd rather add those accolades to them. You know what I mean? I'd rather add, like, extra more flavor to it. It's always exaggerated, so it don't matter. I mean, because the only reason why I ask that, you know, you you know, you got Eddie Murphy that talk about his Uncle Ray. Yeah. You know, you might have uh, uh, Richard Pryor talk about his grandmama when yeah, he got it, high. It's got to be exaggerated. Like, I, me and my mom, like, I talk about the one, the story about the comedy teacher. And he, that's and I fucking bum. That is and hilarious. He, he, he talk, talking shit to me in class, and I like, come watch me perform and whatever. And he get on stage and bomb. Me and my mama didn't really whoop his ass after the show. That was the thing. Like you paid all this money for this shit, and your ass is worse than me. Like nah, we didn't do that. It's exaggerated. Oh shit. Like fucking. I, you know where I learned it from? Bernie Mac. I read his book, and those kids were not his kids. That was his friends' kids. And it's like, okay, I can take, I, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'm like, oh shit, yeah, we're gonna fuck with this. So that's when I really start writing. Oh, thank you for the education. Exaggeration, yes. Yeah, Ex- education. It's not real. I got one where a guy called a woman a bitch and he jumps on the freeway and the girl chasing the car on the freeway. Girl <laughs> chasing the guy on the freeway, like. It's exaggerations, <laughs> cartoons, dog. Oh, so, so, I get real. I get real a little bit, but it's more uh, to that level. Yeah. What's the real What's the realest story you'd ever uh, talk I, about on stage? What's oh, the realest shit. story? The, the last real thing I thought. <laughs> she going laugh if she hears this one. Um, <laughs> exaggerate the name. Exaggerate the name. I never say the name anyway. But, um, I was in a room with this minute girl was having sex. And I said, the whole theme of it is coming out uh, for the next album <laughs> called uh, Single Mom. And oh wow, <laughs> I know this one. <laughs> Single mom said, uh, "I like put your kids to sleep. Go fuck that. You know what I mean? Because I was in the room with this girl, and she had this small room, mm-hmm. and 
We were doing it, and the baby was in the carriage on the side. Oh, you know, like like it was in the a small ass room. But in the, the same room. In the same room. Oh, they man. was in there asleep. So we doing it. So she like hit it from the back. I'm like, all right, cool. Man, we sweating this shit. Come, come. I start hitting it from the back. And the room is so small. Like I'm right by the crib. And shit. So we smash it, and all of a sudden, I uh, I feel a hand on my shoulder. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Up. <laughs> he don't know what we doing. Let me fuck that shit. <laughs> he don't know what he gonna do. <laughs> he think we playing horsey and shit. Episode 15. This woman here, Shy Town Bread, is my girl. Amazing, amazing actress, amazing writer. She's amazing all over. Listen, Geeks of Shrinker, y'all. So I said, when was the day you said, yo, I'm going to do that? Were you a little kid or did you go to a play or you see something on TV? What was it? You know what it is? I've, I've been thinking about this because I know knew one day I'd be asked this question. And it's funny because um, as a kid, being an only child, I was always performing because I'm always trying to keep myself busy and, you know, doing stuff. So I remember just making up things and acting things out you know, with my grandfather, and he'd be there, and he'd be laughing, and um, I'd either be singing or acting in some kind of way, like creating my own stories, you know, whether I was Popeye or I don't know, just whatever <laughs> I wanted to do. So I always knew, like, that's real <laughs> Let me tell you guys, I used to sit there, and I would act out scenes from Popeye, and, I would, and I'd be Popeye, Olive Oil, and Brutus all at one time. Like, I'd be all three characters, right? <laughs> and I would actually go in there. I would go in the kitchen. I would <laughs> I'd make a can of spinach, and I would eat it and come back. I was, oh, I was you would eat the spinach, too. I was too. a bad looker. <laughs> you will eat the spinach, too. Use that. I would. I, and I loved it. I would eat it. And my grandfather, he'd be sitting there, and he would be cracking up. And I'd be like, you know, Papa, I come out and then I jump on his lap and I pretend to be olive oil and then I jump up and I'd be Popeye trying to say it was crazy. So I would always do stuff like that. And my cousins and stuff will tell you, like I always had them performing. Um, I honestly thought I was going to be like a singer or something. But um, then I realized I didn't have that voice. There's some things I just can't do. (laughs) But I um, even in grammar school, performing in plays, high school my very first play though was cinderella and that was a church scene and i um i i quit because i didn't want to dance with the boy really so I, <laughs> i'm down i'll do whatever a oh, boy no i'm going I was like, uh-uh. I, and i was just crying because I, I was always you know i had all these things like uh-uh. i'm not dancing with that boy so i always regret that but uh, so high school, I did it. When I got to college, I knew I wanted to do it. It was it never left me. I wanted to do it. Then I wanted to major in it. And of course, you got people in your ear. You're not gonna make money doing that. Can't do this. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of let it go. And what? But I because I didn't know how to get started. I didn't have the right people around me to help me oh, uh, guide me in the right direction. All right. What happened was I was working. Um, by this time, I've had my daughter. I was working at a company in uh, Chicago. It was my first job um, right outside of college. Right. And um, a friend of mine, uh, Don, my friend Don, he called me mm-hmm. and he said, look in the Chicago Sun-Times. I think it was on page 23 or something like that. Right. And so I, I, I got to Sun-Times and I was like, okay. I looked it and, and looked it up and it was an article on ETA. 
Oh. And they started talking about how they had classes. And right. the classes were starting in January. And this was like October when this article ran. And the classes were starting in January. And I figured it was, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in science. So I was like, this, this is a sign. I need to go ahead and do it. So that's when I um, I started the class in January, and I think I'm I think I had met you, Ron, before then. And we when we met, we realized like, oh, we both gonna be taking this class. Right. Uh, right. Real quick question: um, As far as auditions concerned, what's the worst one that you experienced, or what's the worst one that you would actually uh, have done? I I had two bad ones recently. Oh wow! Uh, was this current? <laughs> I thought you were a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of, you know, because, I mean, I've had some where I'm just like, okay, that that was crazy, but it didn't feel like any fault of my own. But I had one recently where I got to the audition and there was a guy um, there that I had worked with before. Mm. And I don't want to call anybody a terrible actor or anything like that, but um, I, I worked with him before and... I was like, uh-oh. He was even I worse. Because I knew we were reading opposite of each other. <laughs> he was even worse. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, instantly, because um, I, I prefer kind of to read with people I don't know or haven't worked with before, unless I know for sure we have mad, ridiculous, crazy chemistry. Right. Um, and he's a kind of like wild card. He may have even got cast. I don't know. I didn't. But when we... The cast director came out and she was saying, he, he immediately said, hey, can you pair us together? Because we worked with, we worked together before. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And that. I didn't want to do this. Yeah, and it was already bad because, it was, first of all, it was a, form, um, a role that I never would have, like, submitted myself. My agent had submitted it for me and I you know, I'm always grateful to audition but it was you know, it was also one of those things like, eh, I don't think I'm right for this. So we go in there, he has all this he's like all over the place. You know, I'm a very focused actress. So You're what? Me, a focused act okay. I'm very focused. I yeah. thought you said a spokestress. So, <laughs> okay, oh, focus. Man, you know, I'm a very focused actress. So I go in, you know, I'm prepared and I'm doing you know Okay. You like me, 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 me before you go in. Yeah, he's like all over the place. Like, you know, he's improv and like crazy and you know, he's doing everything to make the people laugh and you know, it wasn't um I've always been taught, especially like through Meisner, right? I, I, I studied Meisner. That was my most recent. Mm-hmm. And you learn how to, you, you, as an actor, you learn how to be generous and give. And then your partner gives. And then it ends up being an equal partnership. And it's really beautiful when it works. Yes, yeah, But when we went, it was all about him. You know, he was just showboating and showcasing it. It was driving me nuts. And I was like, okay. And I knew, like, I, there was nothing, unless I matched that energy, which I couldn't, I could have tried to do, but I also knew it would have came out fake for me. Mm-hmm. You got to be um, true to yourself. Can't play at all. Yeah. And I knew, I was like, oh, this is going to be horrible. You know, the way this is going to look between the two of us. Because he, he's just all over the place. Like, I'm going to ask him and find I'm going to text him and find out if he ever got that. He probably didn't. I do, I do have another friend that did get it. You keep in contact with this lousy actor? <laughs> <laughs> earlier, earlier you mentioned that uh, you did the piano lesson by August Wilson. I'm a big fan of August Wilson. I think his writing is amazing. And uh, as an actor, what is your favorite style of theatrical acting? Because they've got the whole classics. you got styles. 
August Wilson, which uh, dictates and narrates the black experience, um, musicals. So which one is your favorite umbrella to be on? Well, uh, I've never done a musical, even though I would love to, but again, I've heard I can sing. But, um, <laughs> you can still be a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, I, I love doing, like, like you know, contemporary classical uh, theater. Like, I love um, things like August Wilson, stuff like that. That's what I was, you know, I was brought up on, I guess, in theater. Mm-hmm. But I love, absolutely love original work. And I say that um, more contemporary stuff because you have people tell, you know, speaking from their own voices, like like the, the play replica. That was like one of the best experiences in my life because you know some of this stuff was based on real things and real people and with the classical you don't always have people relating to them because a lot of it is written you know from 19 you know 25 or you know something like that you know, <laughs> right, right. Not, not, yeah crazy Shakespeare they don't always talk. relate to the circumstances but for instance like when i did replica i remember this um it was, a, it was a gay guy. He comes up to me afterwards, and he said, this is this monologue I do in the full insurgent. Mm-hmm. And he just, he was like almost in tears. And he tells me how my character touched him, and it meant so much to him. And he just wanted to thank me. And he knew from the moment I came on that he could relate to me. That's dope. And he didn't even know that, I was a transgender, you know, he just thought, oh, you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. he, that part hadn't even been revealed yet, but everything about that character and how it's performing and, um, how I portrayed her did something to him. And when you're in the audience and you sit, I mean, when you're on stage and you look out in the audience and you see people and you see how they're moved and you see them crying and you feel like, wow, wow, wow. that you can do that. I just I, did. You know, I love that. So, I prefer more, I, I like original pieces because I think those are the voices we need to hear now. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, classical stuff we've been doing for years and not that that stuff isn't great, it's great. It's an, it's an honor to be able to do them. But I think we need to start branching out and, and giving these new playwrights a voice. What's up, this comedian Ronnie Ray telling y'all to go out and get my first comedy album, period, my EP, part one, out of my system. It's all the jokes that I've been doing since I started comedy 12 years ago. It's hilarious. It just hasn't been out. You got to listen to it because if you missed it, you get a chance to get it back. Out of my system, part one. Go get that, man. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's on Tidal. And also, go buy it. If you want to just buy the whole thing, just buy the whole thing. It's $5.99. Go get that album, man. You're missing out. Episode 16. Oh, man. This guy, he makes me laugh more than anybody. He doesn't even have to do comedy. That's how funny he is. This is my homeboy from L.A. Hilarious. He's Craig Smith. <laughs> oh, nigga, you got to tell. Put this over here. I don't give a fuck. I told my aunt the story the other day about what you told me. And you did it on stage. You got to tell. You got to put this on the radio show. <laughs> Let the world know. When you first saw Beyonce in person, oh man, I was. <laughs> I, I was this is before the lemonade, y'all. So okay, here we go. 
Yeah, man, I was at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles in Hollywood on Sunset and Gower. And it was when that uh it was when that song was out, I'm a survivor. Right. That song. So I'm not I'm 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 outside the restaurant waiting to be seated. And I and I'm facing my boy in a conversation, right? And so the way I'm standing, my back is to the door and my boy can see the see over my shoulder. He can see everybody coming out, but I'm facing him so I can't see I can't see shit, right? Uh-huh. So we talking and shit. And as we're talking, his eyes light up and I follow his eyes. And and there stood Beyonce. She was standing outside of Roscoe's by herself for like a for like a small moment in time. So mm-hmm. you know, you know, that my, my inner, you know, player kicked in. And uh, at the time it was when two ways were popular. I had like a little blue see through two way. So I pulled out my two way and I kinda like <laughs> <laughs> Oh hell no. That's not the joke though. Go ahead, go. Yeah, I kinda assumed that uh, you know, that she was sitting there waiting on me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So I pull out my two-way and I wave it at her. You know what I'm saying? And she kind of smirk and smile. And uh, so I'm thinking the whole time, like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, the bitch know that uh, she know a player was going to be here. So let me go on over there and handle my business, you know? <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I, start, I start walking over towards her. And when I get, like, in, like in, in distance where she can hear what I'm saying, her father walks out. And he's like, how can I help you, son? <laughs> Right. How can I help you? Right? Yeah. So I, I get nervous and shit, right? And and I was only 19 at the time I was a youngster, so I didn't know to address the father like I think your daughter is beautiful or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? I just got quiet, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I put my hands up like the nigga just caught me stealing. Like, I was just standing there looking. At <laughs> <laughs> and so I, as I'm standing there looking, um, the other girls in the group, Kelly and the two other insignificant bitches, walk out here. <laughs> oh, <don't. laughs> oh shit! Okay, okay. Yeah, they walk. They walk out, right? And so the limo pulls up, and um, I'm still sitting there. As they walk away, I hear Kelly say, "Damn, girl, he's kind of cute, right?" And Beyonce still didn't say nothing, and I'm sitting there quiet. They all hop, they all walk and hop in the limo, and the door shuts. And when the door shut, the sound of the door shutting like what snaps me out of my little trance and shit. So, so I run over to the limo and I gesture for them to uh, roll the window down. Right, so now I'm nervous, but I'm still I'm still trying to keep the cool, and I didn't know what to say. Right, right. And so, so the limo starts to drive off, and the window is down, and I'm kind of jogging next to it. And this is the only shit I can think to say. Nigga, as the limo's pulling off, I say this. I say, uh, do any of you bitches like bowling? (laughs) 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 And and they bounce on me, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic shit. Fuck my shit all the way off, man. She <laughs> <laughs> ever see your head? You know, nigga, I like bowling. That's crazy. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. You were thinking about date number four. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm on date four. I'm like, yeah, 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 real talk. Hell, yeah. dog. <laughs> but, but, but we were talking about, I wanted to ask you, we were talking about um, selling your soul. 
I asked right. my man Henry Coleman this. You know Henry. Um, oh, yeah. I asked him this. I said, if you had a chance to be on the road with a comic that you, you probably wouldn't phrase this way, but yeah, you hear that interview, be like, I didn't even say it like that. But <laughs> <laughs> if you had a chance to open up for like your favorite comic and you up there and you go out there and give it your best after like two shows and he tells you to cool it down for a minute, don't be as funny, would you do it? Hell no. Yeah. Nah, fuck no. Okay. I got that I got the I got the question from him. I remember he told me that he was killing it and the guy was like, Hey man, you gonna have to be cool. And you have to slow down with the funny and shit. I'm like, Wow. I How mean, insecure I, can you be? You know what I'm saying? I've experienced something like that where the the nigga didn't tell me that, he just stopped asking me to come open for him. Oh damn. Wow. Damn. You know what I mean? And uh, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and it couldn't have been because I wasn't funny because I was destroying, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, these niggas act like bitches, man. Some of your heroes <laughs> yes. like bitches. Yes. If you choose to do comedy and you really love this, you will meet your hero. Whoever yes. that is, you will meet that nigga and get a chance to see what his personality is. Like with the hip-hop and and other forms of art where, you know, there may be people you look up to, it's very difficult to get to them. But in comedy, you are going to meet the nigga who you feel like is the reason why you do this. You know what I mean? Wow. Mm. I have. I met all yeah. those guys. I never, never never met Martin. I never shook Martin's hand. Everybody else that, in Chappelle, those are the only two guys I haven't <laughs> met. But everybody, like, they coming out of the woodworks and like, Don Marrera and shit. Like, what the fuck? He like, he in line. How you doing, man? We talked for a few minutes. It was crazy. And then, yeah. they like, Damien, like, man, can you watch my camera for me? It was crazy. Right. So, yeah, you, no, he yeah. be like, I'm, I'm taking my set. You know, watch my, I know his son. So, it was yeah. like, it's, I guess he seen me hanging out with his son. That's why he thought it was safe to leave his shit there. And I should have yeah. took his wallet. Cause, um, <laughs> <laughs> he got some goddamn money. Hilarious. But, no, he's cool, man. But, no, you meet your hero, man. You and me, you, you, yeah, it, it ain't. Yeah, it's not like it's. It's a very unique experience. Like, you know, the the have nots are often rubbing shoulders with the haves in this business. So you get to see, you get to see some stuff, man. And I and all my experiences have been pretty good. Even the comic who doesn't allow me to open up for him, we still cool. And I haven't brought that up because at the end of the day, it's your career and it's your responsibility. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know what I'm saying to do what you got to do. You know, but uh. Yeah, you'll see some things, man. There's comics out here knocking each other out, and and this comics. It, 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 there's some wonderful, wonderful, horrific things happening in the, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking about that shit now, like with with that, because I used to think, all right, I never had that. It took me a while to start opening up to people, because I'd be in there, and you wouldn't even think I'm doing comedy and shit. So when they call me up, I go up and do my thing. So I, I when I started. I saw like a lot of comics. And I'm like, oh, let me, let me ask this guy, can I open for him? And I never would get the okay. They were, oh man, you were great. I mean, you were great, man. You know, you'll be great when you start headlining. Like, I'm not letting you feature for me, nigga, because you're gonna kill me. You know what I mean? So we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah, you can't feature, nigga, because you're five nine. You know, I can't have a nigga bigger than me on my lineup, nigga. Just don't look like. Oh, he five nine. Okay, I'm six one, nigga. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, nah, man, you are gonna be good when you start headlining. For now, stay your ass at this mic, nigga. I'm like, damn, dog, for real. <laughs> then you run into I mean, them later. They don't say shit to you, like fucking asshole. Oh, yeah. 
It's a whole lot of different politics, man. It's very, it's very. If you get caught up in those politics, man, you find yourself the same place in year twenty that you were in year two. You know, so you just got to kind of just put your head down and and just and just create and just don't not really care what else is happening. I mean, you got to find a way to be relevant so people know who you are in this business. But you just got to create because because people. I don't know for for some reason in this industry, like people always start off doubting you. You got to prove, like you really have to prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And then once you prove yourself, it starts over again. They doubt something else. So you could be funny, and you could be doing barbecue pit jokes, but then they'll be like, "Well, the nigga ain't got no jokes about broiling hamburgers, though." I know you can barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about hot dogs and ribs, nigga? We talking about no burgers. <laughs> Yeah, and then when that's the, when that when you good at that, well, what about sushi? I bet the nigga can't rap sushi. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Never please anybody. Yeah, you can't do that, man. Episode seventeen. One of my good friends. Very, very, very funny, hilarious, spectacular on the mic. She does a thing. She's funny as hell. My girl from Los Angeles, Sataris. You live in L.A. You was born and raised. So is it is it like amazing when you see famous people? Or you like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's just Denzel pumping gas. <laughs> um, it's even it's even worse than that. It's like okay, so like that. I saw. I remember I saw Denzel and I was like, he looks like his breath stink a little bit. I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> I'm not Malcolm X. <laughs> Not John Q. Not the ex- ex- executioner. Executioner. <laughs> but you know how, like, you know how, like, not, like, not I'm Jake Shuttlesworth. Be clean. I'm just like, I was like, you. I need you to shave. I don't care. Oh, he like, must have been doing Magnificent <laughs> Seven when you saw him then. Out of order. I was like, you're not supposed to be here like that. I don't care if you did a adult. I need to brush your teeth. Damn, man. <laughs> you will fuck up people's <laughs> Okay, It's kids right. named after that nigga. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the LA, that's the LA Jade, I guess. It's like you know, you just grow up. People live here, so you grow up. They they're everywhere. So what's the big deal? Every people are people. Oh, okay. I'm still laughing at the Denzel. Fucking who is that? Dean Edwards did one of the funniest jokes I've ever seen. So he's the first person I've ever seen imitate him. And he said, Denzel is so cool, he could ask a girl out on prom the day of the prom. <laughs> he later so so you are um prom? You going? You going with that loser? <laughs> Had your shit together. I'm like, I can't do his voice though. But it was so funny. It was the funniest shit I ever heard in my life. <laughs> he took David Arnold's class. Listen, That's why. Okay. I oh. love Denzel, but I I also love hygiene. Hey <laughs> <laughs> Denzel, yeah, stanky Denzel. Hell no. no, it's like a Sunday picture ad. <laughs> hey Sataris, this is Maddie. I got a question for you. Um, yeah. As a as a comic, who were your influences to help you uh, get going into this path? I know it's not one that everybody looks for. So who kind of like helped fuel that fire? Are you saying who influenced me or who helped me? You know what? Let's go both. Any order you want. 
Um, one of the first times I ever thought about doing comedy was when I saw Dion Cole on, uh, he must have been on, I don't think he was on Bad Boys of Comedy or some television show. And he had his notes and he was like, I'm going to try these jokes. (laughs) And he kept, and you guys remember this? And he kept doing work. He would check it off and go, he'd look around like, yeah. And then when it didn't work, he would scratch him off. And I was like, that looks like so much fun. Like, it's almost, and at the time I was acting, I was like, it's almost like acting, but it's like acting like yourself. And it's like, I was like, I was intrigued about it. And so he's always been someone that I watch and listen to and watch grow. And and, um, he's influenced me. Um, in terms of like helping me, I'd have to say, you know, your Ronnie Ray's, uh, your, your David Arnold, Carmen Barton, um, people who are like, you know, five, 10, 15 steps ahead of me. Whenever I get an opportunity, I sit them down. You know, Ronnie was very generous with me and sat down with me and went over like, you know, how to create a 30 minute set. And I was just like, Ronnie, I got nothing. He was like, you good, you good. <laughs> you got something. <laughs> I'll do a trip where you said my name like I'm a legend, like, like the Ronnie Rays of the world. Like, yeah. I'm feeling yeah. all right right now. I mean, I have been doing comedy for like, what, two, three, well, maybe like three, four, three, four years at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ronnie, you, I'm going to just give it up to you on your own show. It's going to be, you know, a little like, head but here you go um yeah like from the first night like when he saw me like you know vultures out there looking for young female comics oh, like yeah. who's gonna hit it first and ronnie always came at me on some comedy you know and not on some other interpersonal stuff and was always like a real dude so i could always talk to him about things that i was trying to grow through and, and it's like not common not common at all so it can't has to be mentioned all right though not common because you wouldn't get hit on or oh, mean, just in dude, every like, yeah i know i know those dudes used to sit around and like at the open mic and just wait for you to to fail out so they should just you know like why don't you just take this dick so we can stop talking <laughs> about this you want that joke to work <laughs> right. I got seven right. reasons why it can work. That's <laughs> why. It was crazy. I had one comic back in the day. I will not name him in this arena, but he asked me out, mm. right? And I was like, I don't really date comics. He was like, well, you know, we could just keep it keep it local. You could come by the house. You know, you could bring a pizza. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that, is that it? <laughs> bring a pizza. I was like... I'm bringing pizza, ass, every. I'm bringing everything. I'm driving. Like, what about why? Do I like you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forgot to notice that I like you. <laughs> you just been hazed. <laughs> Episode eighteen. Ah, <laughs> oh, this woman. I've been knowing this woman a long time. She is an internet sensation right now. She's killing the game right now. She's an entrepreneur. She's beautiful. She's talented. She is winter heat. How are you? I am amazing, transforming, and um, 
Yeah. Like Optimus Prime? Yeah. <laughs> is it transforming? <laughs> like you just like, you doing yoga or some shit? What's going on? Am I doing yoga at the, at the moment? Hashtag ATM? Yeah. No, you, <laughs> what the fuck? We're just speaking of hashtags. Okay. <laughs> hashtag, that's what we're speaking of? No, I say like you, you transforming. Never heard of hashtag ATM before? Never heard of What the fuck? At what? the moment. Oh, oh, damn. Yeah. I'm, I'm up on this I'm man. writing it down. I got my pen now. I'm learning shit. You know, yeah, I'm you, know if you, you have to follow the kids. If they're over 12 years old, you're not going to learn much. Yep. Wow. That's why I keep it on fleek. At the moment. ATM means at the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm learning so much already. <laughs> Education. You know? Well, wow. All Got you on the phone. Um, me and Sean was, <laughs> me and Sean was looking at your your website before we start. Matt, this is Sean Williams. Do you, do you know Sean Williams? No. Meet me. Meet, meet, meet uh, How you doing, you Miss Heat? Sean? Should I call you Miss Heat? Mrs. Heat? Um, um, you said Memphis Bleak? <laughs> <laughs> Ms. or Mrs. Heat. Oh, ooh, definitely no Mrs. Book. Oh, okay, that. okay. I am a Miss all day to, uh, not two S's, but just one S and a period. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, well, okay, the name now. This, this, the name, this is the first question. Like, <laughs> the name, where did it come from? Because I know you by something else. I know your government name, woman. But um, okay. the world doesn't. What does your name mean to the world? Well, the 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 purpose and meaning behind it is just kind of like the uh, saying as above is so below meaning um not not like completion but just understanding that um a multi-dimensional type of thing i'm like really out there when it comes to like science and physics and shit like that so i do believe that you know you can't have darkness without light vice versa so I had to pick a name that was contradicting within itself or at least like some kind of double entendre or some kind of oxymoron or something that would make absolutely no sense unless you're a slightly crazy genius like myself. Wow. I thought but, that was just like your favorite season. That's yeah, a whole right? nother meaning. That's so much deeper than I imagined. I'm right there, right under ATM. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag ATM. Do you know what FB is? Because I, I, I thought it just... Facebook? <laughs> Facebook? What book? Friends with benefits? Uh, FB. Yeah, oh, just FB. What, what is that? FB. It's follow back. Fall wow. back. Write that down too. Okay. Is it, well, you say fall back or fall follow back? Fall See, back. Listen, they want me to follow back. I want them to fall back. So either way, there's a double Ooh. entendre. You just full of double entendres. Wow. She like Jay-Z. You know? Okay. Winter well, heat means more than just one thing. So, damn. Wow. Can you rap? Yeah. No. <laughs> Can you you would be a hell of MC with these metaphors and shit. This is dope. She'd be like rock him like over the head rhymes and shit. Yeah, you're like, well, you what? Gotta read a damn encyclopedia to get that shit out. Oh, damn. No, no, no. It's not encyclopedia. It's a Winterpedia. Ooh. <laughs> Branding. <laughs> is that on your website now or some shit? What the fuck? I saw Wintertainment on there. Wintertainment. Yeah. Ooh, Winter Famous. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Okay, <laughs> how do Where we? Where did you see Winter Famous? No, no, he said he said Wintertainment. Oh damn! Yeah, Wintertainment is another one. Well, take Winter Sorry. Famous. Well, Winter he... Famous fine too. She can get in the family. There you go. Hey, you coming up with new shit, Sean? Y'all just met and you giving her. It's that teamwork, man. Hell yeah, kindred spirits. Wow. Wait a minute. Okay, I'm, I'm been sitting here listening to you talk. Um, you sound really good. You sound great. I watch your videos and um, yeah, it turns guys on. 
it's kind of a, and there's no disrespect to you because I love you. I don't, the way you talk, I'm like, is that what you're trying to project through the videos? And no, I'm not saying don't stop the videos. Hell no, don't stop that shit. Please we don't. all love them. Please <laughs> But how you talking, like, is that what the message, like, okay, I'm trying to reel the people in so I can give them this message? Or you just like showing your ass? Um, no, you know what it is? It's, um, okay, I've always had an obsession with the sex industry. And, um, I've always loved the idea of toys, though I never wanted to play with them for myself. I just, I like paraphernalia and shit like that. I like toys and gadgets and gizmos. So, um, that, and then I used to watch porn at a very, very young age. And it wasn't because anybody did anything to me. I just, I was horny humping pillows. When I was like three or four, like watching Patrick Swayze, like, oh my God, I'm pretty hello. Dirty wow. dancing? Dirty dancing? Huh? Dirty dancing? That was the movie then. She's like, huh? What, really? You figured it out? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave baby in the corner. Oh, damn. Pussy like Splash. <laughs> it was, it was, um, I fell in love with him Dirty Dancing and then I fucked around and saw him one summer um, in Roadhouse and he had did with that girl against that pole. And I was like, oh my God. Damn. Wow. What is that? Swayze popping. <laughs> Rest in peace to Patrick. <laughs> he, he didn't even know. How old were you then? Like 12? What, 10? No, nigga, I was like six or seven. Six or seven years old. Girls be going in. Patrick Swayze did not know he was affecting toddlers. <laughs> I was, Kindergarten I was kids. No, wait, I ain't gonna front. My, my, first, my first hard on was... In Greece, when Olivia Newton-John came out with the black thing on oh, and no ass. Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. I'm like, why do I like this movie? Especially this part. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> this movie right here. Sandra D. special. I learned all the songs. I, I didn't even know it was a musical for years. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the end oh of shit. God. Olivia Newton-John got it going on. Something. Episode 19. There's another one of my young lions. This guy's hilarious. He's making moves. I admire this dude. He does what he has to do to get it. From Cincinnati, Ohio, my man, Jeremy Scipio. Oh, man, what, was, what made you, you know, what made you think you were funny? What made you, like, what was the day? Like, man, I'm funny as hell. Well, I'm going to go to my leave Cincinnati and become this um, great comic. What made you do that? What was the, the first, the first, uh, man, the first feeling honestly, in your stomach that it, made you do that? Life, you know what? I said, what was the feeling in your stomach? That, what was the gut feeling that made you go and do it? Man, uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to do uh, comedy. I always knew I wanted to do stand-up, and I was basically lying to myself, like, by not pursuing it. Uh, you know, but I chose the, you know, a, a, I guess you could say a traditionally regular lifestyle because I, I just wanted to be an adult at that point. I was like, uh, you know, I was like uh, 17, 18. I was like, man, I just want to be a regular adult. And I was like, yo, as long as I have an office job, which was the biggest mistake ever, as long as I have an office job, I feel like an adult. Mm. Wrong. Man, <laughs> the repetitive life being so repetitive every day, the same exact thing, same exact people, same exact problems. People trying to make you, they trying to make you be the manager of their store, but not pay you manager wages. It's like, yo, it was crazy. I was just like, man, there's got to be something better out there. And I always knew it. I always talked to my coworkers about it, and they just thought I was sounding crazy up until um, I had a, I had a. a friend in LA who was like I mean he was living he made it seem like he was living it up though but he was living kind of bad every conversation with him huh he didn't think you were coming out to see him that's why 
<laughs> like, I'm living in the It was like, you coming? Good. Every conversation with him was like, oh, guess what I met? Oh, guess what I'm doing? Guess what I'm doing? And I was like, yo, man, nah, I'm going to L.A. And it kept building. It kept building. I'm going to L.A., doing comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to L.A., doing comedy. And then that's like what I did. When I, I visited one time, I, man, I fell for it. And, yeah, I, I moved, like, maybe four months after that. Wow. You were what? How old were you? Then I ran into, uh, that was like 20, 22. 22. I was 28, 27. Like, damn. That's how old you, you are now, which is crazy. Damn. Your <laughs> <laughs> sure ambitions was a motherfucker. I was a coward for all them years. So, how was your first uh, step into the uh, comedy arena? Uh, well, LA or comedy? Or in LA? Somewhat. All right, I don't want to let them know what's the name first. We're not, not to step on you, Sean. Well, I want to know like, when, when did it start? Like, did it start in Cincinnati? You could have easily did it. There had just been the, the yeah. hottest dude in Natty. <laughs> this, this is true. Uh, Cincinnati got a, a nice little growing scene. But, um, like, uh, man, I uh, I, I did uh, I met this DJ that hooked me up with an amazing opportunity to do a Def Comedy Jam audition. And that was, like, my first time ever doing stand-up. So uh, I got flown out to D- to Washington D.C. from Cincinnati uh, at the age of that's at the age of 18, and uh, yeah, I went to D.C. did audition, bombed so hard I didn't get up I didn't get back up on stage for like another another two years. Dev County Jam, all that shit. <laughs> you you were you, were you that confident that you thought you were gonna get the job, or you just did it because they gave you the audition? Uh, I mean, I did it because, I mean, man, when things are moving, man, first of all, when you, uh, lying gets you so far in life, but <laughs> it's like a metaphor, man, like, but it can only get you to the front door. After a while, you gotta, you gotta back it up or shut up. That's yeah. I mean, yeah. they, shoot, that, that lie got me all the way in. Like, I mean, <laughs> I didn't take it. I I mean, man, I thought, look, I, I thought I was the one because people were telling me I was the one. Right, like, just because of the opportunity, man. But the truth is, I was treating it like American Idol, man. And and you know, you you can't. This, this ain't a. You gotta be prepared, man. Like this ain't a game show. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I didn't realize what I had stepped into until cause I was a big comedy fan. Like I knew all like like the up and coming. You know, especially the the black comics or the chilling stuff. Like I I, knew, I saw them. So I was watching. I think uh, I had just watched Bad Boys of Comedy recently too. And uh, man, when I got to, to DC. I saw everybody from TV, from Comic View back in the day, from Bad Was the Comedy, from any anybody. I just saw everybody. I mean, even like Tony Woods was there, right. uh, Samoa was there, and that's when I was like, "Oh, okay, this is okay, this is real." Really and then, um, and then uh, when I got up to the guy, the guy was like, "Everybody," he was like, "Okay, I don't care where you're from," he said, "It's the big leagues." I don't care if you've been on Comic View. I don't care if you've been on BET. He said, this is the big, this is the major league. This is HBO. So you better be ready. And I was like, all right. Then he, right after that speech, he looked right at me. He said, man, we, we don't care about all these old heads. We've seen them before. He said, we we want you. We want the next thing. And I was like, okay, thank you. And he was like, all right, so you want to first. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Cold, I, like, oh, I, I can't go first. He was like, you either going first or second. He said, because we ain't going to even pay attention after that second. Like, he said, this is all for show. Wow. And I was like, wow. Damn. Yeah, so. 
Honestly. I, I went up the first, the dude that went up first, man, he bombed so hard. I mean, like, he had a all-white Steve Harvey suit, big diamond earrings, telling all the, like, oh, you know, white people, you know, yeah. white people <laughs> got time yeah. out. We got just talking about that, right? Telling all those jokes, man. They, they booed him off stage, man. Oh, fuck. Man. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> next, Jeremy Scorpio. Motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> <Love> Scorpio. <laughs> uh, Is that what's, what's, oh give me a story. What's the worst huh? thing about being a stand-up? What, Nick, give me what's the best and worst thing about it. Um, either one first. The best and worst thing about stand-up? About, be, about being a stand-up comedian, yeah. Um, I say best, man, is, uh, for me, because, uh, you know, I don't consider myself the funniest. That's not even something I strive for. You know, I just, it's really like, it's like it satisfies my brain when I have a great idea. And then, uh, when it hits the stage and people, laughter to me is like agreeing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, say if you had a, let's say you just got into an argument with somebody or you had a bad situation or scenario. And you can bring that to the stage, and then people laugh like hard, like and it's like it's almost like like either we agree with you or we hear what you're saying, we hear what you're going through, right? And that that satisfaction you can't beat that, man. I feel sorry for people in their daily life that don't have that some form of that, because that's like, I mean, if man, I remember I, I did stand up after my car got towed one time, and um. I mean, the, the the people's reception, like, I don't even know what was coming out of my mouth, man. It was just like, I just was really talking about the, I detailed every event up to my car being told and how I felt at that moment wow. right there. And right. that was, like, so satisfying to me how people received it. Like, felt it. I mean, I guess because it's L.A. and everybody gets their car towed. I don't know. Right. But, <laughs> you know, like, that's, like, the, that's, that's the best feeling, just relating to real people. Oh, okay. What's the worst? Uh, the, the worst. Mm. Uh, I guess. Man, I hate to. Well, I guess this interview, so I'm going to be real. It's how uh, how fake people can be, man. Like, it's wow. so, this game is so compet so competitive, man. That right. you know, you know, for me, it don't have to be. But man, it's like when you have anything in your in your comic career, everybody wants it. They want to grab at it. Mm -hmm. You get people who wouldn't talk to you. You do something semi important. All of a sudden, they call you every day. And the worst part is like the people who got more than you, and they be like, "Like, why you want? Why you want what I got?" You know what I mean? Like, I always I always think that's weird, man. It feel like uh, it's almost like you know you you got a Benz and you pull up to a homeless person, you steal his cup. And I'm like, I guess that's how you got your beer. <laughs> I need all homeless cups. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but you got a bunch of, I don't give a fuck, I won't say shit. Hilarious. Episode 20 of Q&A with Ronnie Ray, part two. The best moments. It definitely was a great moment. This lady I met on the Playboy set, she went on to be a porn legend. She's a great, great person, beautiful, talented, articulate, and her body's banging. <laughs> my girl from Chi-Town, my girl, Naomi Banks. On set, what's the weirdest thing that ever happened? Is there something weird that ever happened? Like, it was like, oh, what the hell is this? Or like something funny or crazy? 
Oh my God! Like, you know, um, <laughs> it's so many. She got a list. <laughs> it, 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 man, it's it's like it's it's so many. Um, and they always they were real funny. They everything was funny. Like even um, and I don't even want to put her name out there. It was this young lady. Uh, initials, it was her first initials. Time, you know, doing the scene. She was new to the industry, mm-hmm. and um, and we were doing a girl, 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 girl scene. We were doing girl, girl scene. All right. And um, yeah. you know everybody, and you know who all you guys who you know really watch that point out there. You know everybody is neatly shaved the ball down there, right? That's mm-hmm. right. All right. So um, exactly. But this young lady, she comes on says she got like a full blown oh wow. the seventies, seventies <laughs> forest going on. Right, forest going on down there. A nappy so dugout. In the middle of the scene, so she's one of the ones that I'm working with at this time. Right. Not it was myself and um, what's that baby name that that never did? I, I'm I'm so bad with names right now. Oh, she only did anal. She didn't do. She didn't do with the who. Um, what they name? got somebody like that. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know that one. <laughs> was that? Was it Asian? Right, but is she light skinned? Yeah, light skinned baby. Aurora is her name. Aurora, Aurora Jolie. Nah, she she do other stuff. Nah, and I don't know. I know who I'm talking about. I'm so serious. Whoever watching your podcast, they'll be selling saying her name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you should have called me. I would have told. Him. No. <laughs> okay, what happened with that? Yeah, but anyway, so in the middle of the scene, you know, she went to. You know, I went to pull her pants down, and I saw this bush, and I just turned around and said, cut. Did we get some clippers on something? She was like, this is got to go. Was it like crazy, like going down a thigh type shit? That, that's all that shit. Oh, Man. that was nasty. That's fucked up. It, yeah. was, it was just, you know, because I guess her agent should have told her before that it has to be trimmed down there, especially if you're doing a girl girl thing. You know what I'm saying? You don't because that's all we really do is we munch. You know, we do a lot of munching down there and I'll be damned munching. if I'm leaving anywhere with a hair you know, not full of hair in my mouth. That's not going down. Flossing with you hair. You know, so you know, she had to go and, you know, kind of straighten up and you know, and, and so actually that scene was on hold for like 20 minutes because they had to go to the store. They had to get some razors. Wow. Get the razors. Yeah, wow. they had to, you know, kind of clean it all up and stuff like that. You know, but after that, the, the scene was okay. It was, it was, okay. it was all right. Oh. <laughs> and I ain't going to tell y'all what movie is it because y'all going to go look it. I'm going to find it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> I'm going to find that. that wow. Yeah. That nappy dugout over there. <laughs> no, is, is it done correctly? Like, do she have like the bush at first, and then, <laughs> and then the edit cut back, and she balled down there. <laughs> but you know, now, because one of the last questions is what you want to be remembered at, remembered for your legacy. But, but oh, I have okay, this. Okay, okay. No, have you ever? This might not even be the same question you think about. Okay, have you ever been like recognized? I'm sorry, say that again. Have you ever been recognized on the street like this? Some people like, oh, but they really don't want to oh. say nothing to you because that's the forbidden <laughs> shit. Like, hey, um. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Excuse yes, me, yo. Right. You know, yeah, you know what time it is? Uh huh. And they walk away. Had that ever happened? No, yes, I did. 
Well, no, actually, yeah, actually, it just recently this happened. This happened about a month ago. I was in Chicago with um, with my husband, and they gave a big benefit for his father. Mm. And um, it was a guy that was there that was taking pictures. He was a cameraman. They had a you know little you know like a red carpet thing or whatever. Right. And so you know, I'm thinking like I'm coming in as myself. I'm still you know you know with my little afro going on. You know, I'm just being me. Right. And he kept taking pictures all through the night. Of I was you? like by myself over there on the couch. He comes up. He said, "Do you?" He said, "Um, excuse me, but are you who I think you are?" And I'm like, "Well, who do you think I am?" <laughs> 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 you know, and it just threw me so you know far off because at that time I was trying to be regular. I was right. trying to be regular, wifey, trying to support. Like, swear to God, I was. I was just trying to be wifey, just trying to support. You know, just being the cutie on the arm. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Taking me back. I'm trying to forget and that whole like, life. Man, he bust all my shit wide open. I was like, uh, and it was threw me so far off. And he said, Naomi Banks. Well, at least he was cool with it, though. You know what I mean? He could have got on the podium like everybody. Y'all don't know who him. <laughs> 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 he said, "I'm sorry, everybody, your booty real quick." <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, but you know, but you know, a few years ago, I came back home in Chicago, mm. and remember the house picnic? Yeah, yeah, so still happening. I, I went to the house picnic one one year with my boys, with my girls and stuff like that. So I had on this big sloppy head. I had on this sundress. And I was just walking to the bathroom. You know the little Wesley name. So I'm walking there. You know, everybody said, hey. So I'm just saying, hey, too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm just, you know, walking. As I come out, it's like 10 people standing in front of the thing like, oh, Naomi, yeah, baby. Like, and I didn't really think anybody would recognize me. Because honestly, I didn't know how many freaks was out there. <laughs> I bet you $20 she come out of that thing. Right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but this thing is they had to remove me from, from the house picnic. They had to escort me all what? Wow. day because, yeah, because folks was coming up to the, you know, to the little, you know, everybody had a little tent. They was coming up to the tent. Right. Hey, can I holler at you for a minute? Can I, you know, such and such. And, and my friend's like, you got to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> we'll buy you a CD of some house tracks and just go on. We're going to escort you off of everybody. How you get escorted out of a house party in the in the park? <laughs> can't take you nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it was. They was like, I can't take you know, but you know, people that I meet now, they are very respectful. They got, they'll either nod or they'll smile, you know. And I try to keep it going. Just when I'm with my girls, nod, smile, I know who you are. Look at yeah, you, you know. Right, and then I be want to say something. Yeah, you little freak. You know, but I can't say it because sometimes I be with my girls, and so I just like you know with my baby. So I just you know I uh, keep it moving, and I just you know smile and just keep you know keep going. But you know, and I want to knock on some wood. But so far, you know, everybody that I've met, and it's crazy. Like now, I've been retired for almost four years, right? And it's like everybody know me from wherever I go. You know, they smile and looking, even women. You know, so it's you know. It's like even though I retired, the movies are always going to be there. Those scenes are going to always yeah. be there. I'm gonna say this you though: know. I was out, I was getting some tacos and uh, <laughs> get some tacos in the valley before I moved back to Chicago, and I was on a date, and I think you were sitting behind me. 
and you were like conducting business, but I did not want to interrupt you. But I was like, she's still, she's sitting right behind me, and I can't say shit to her. It was like I don't want to mess up a thing, and I don't want this girl to ask me questions on how I know you. But I was like, oh. <laughs> She's going back getting another taco and shit. I can just easily get up over there and shit. I'm like, damn, and then you left. I'm like, fuck. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh. So that's it. The best of season one of QA with Ronnie Ray. That's all. So tune in, subscribe, listen, laugh, enjoy. Because season two is coming September 23rd. 2016. I say September 23rd, 2016. Did y'all hear that? September 23rd, 2016. Q&A with Ronnie Ray season two is coming back with a vengeance. Y'all better put y'all ears to the speakers because it's going down. Yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.